in any time for living or visiting Bali, choosing the correct area, mm -hmm. every area of Bali offers something different, is definitely your first step yes. um, to making decisions for your holiday or your life to live here. Hi everyone and welcome to our first Bali Insiders Tips episode for 2023. Yes, we're um, very excited about this episode and I think you will be too because this episode we are going to be answering all your questions on kids in Bali and it's something that we both get slammed with questions all the time. So so now when you ask the question, we're going to refer you to this show. <laughs> absolutely. So anyone that's waiting for me to answer their questions, uh, just click on the link and yeah. you can listen to this episode. <laughs> so we have a big list of you guys sent through a lot of questions uh, about kids in Bali. Um, so we're just basically going to go through them Yep. Give you our tips, give you our advice. Um, and if there's anything we missed, let us know and we'll, yep. we'll catch we you up. We put this on one that. out to Insta, didn't we? Because we did. We just keep getting questions and it was like instantaneous. <laughs> it was just like, yes, yes. So let's get into it. M, first question is Is it safe to bring kids to Bali? Well, I think both of our answers would be yes. Considering uh, <laughs> we both live here with our kids, yes. Yes, yes. Look, I think there are so many things to consider and it's about your family and things like that. But in general, yes, of course, yeah. it's, it's safe. Um, yeah. It's a wonderful place for big and small kids. Yeah, to so live. definitely we feel very safe here. Yes. Actually, I used to live in Townsville and I've seen the crime surging there. So um, I definitely feel much safer living here in Bali than I do totally. in Townsville at the moment. So yes, answer to that one is yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, Carl. So next question, which areas are best to stay with kids? So we've had questions this kind of like be a double up of questions. Mm. So some are about living here with kids and some are about holidaying okay. here with kids. Um, if it's living, um, obviously your area, you should look at what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do for schooling? Because you don't want to be living far from yep. school or care or particular activities that you want to do or that your kids may want to do. Like they may want to want to play soccer. Mm. And if you're living up in Cedarman and there's no soccer academies, that could be very tricky. Yes. And also I think what um, in terms of your family is a priority, you know, there's different opportunities in different areas as yeah. well. If like you're really if you beachy family. Yeah. 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 Or but you might be a more cosmopolitan family and you want to, you know, go out to restaurants and do all. So definitely worth considering what's important to you as a, as a family. Yeah, yeah, for the areas. You also want to really think about um, holidays or living how you're going to get around. Are you going to ride a scooter? Are you going to drive a car? Are you going to employ a driver? Are you going to use online apps? Um, mm. Thinking about how you're going to get around will determine your area. So for example, mm -hmm. we know that the Changu traffic at the moment is a nightmare. Yep. Um, and if you don't want to be spending a lot of time in the car or you don't want to have to put your children on bikes, then that's probably not your best Ideal. choice yeah 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 so thinking about how you get around thinking about the things that you want to do or see while yep. you're here um 
And then I think for schooling, if you're here for a long period of time or, or you know, permanently, the distance between where you live and the school, um, it's not quite the same in, as in Australia where you've got the local primary school within walking distance, yeah. you know, so you have to consider that as yeah. well. The other thing is if you've got young children and you want to use a stroller or a pram and you need footpaths to do yes. that on, uh, the areas of Kuta, Legian, Semenyak and then over in Sanua, a little bit in Ubud, but not as much. They're, yep. they're kind of like the areas where you can push a pram, kind of though, because Cut, yeah. some of the pathways are quite rough as There's well. There's more established footpaths yes. rather than... And Noosa Dua, of course. Yes, yeah, yes. Of course as and well. Rather than going around the drains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, Noosa Dua has probably got the best yes, footpaths when yeah. it comes to prams and things like that. But that is definitely a big consideration because you know, like in Changu, there's no footpaths. Mm. So and you see most parents in Changu carrying their babies because it's just safer, like everybody's got a carrier yeah. rather than a stroller. Yeah, so yeah. you need to think about getting around and how you're going to get around and the things that you want to do. Yes. So in any time for living or visiting Bali, choosing the correct area, mm -hmm. every area of Bali offers something different, is definitely your first step yes. um, to making decisions for your holiday or your life to live here. Definitely, yes. Okay, next question, M is, now this is a big one. Mm. Um, what is the etiquette for hiring a nanny? Now we had this question come through from people who live here and are trying to hire a nanny on, on you know, more of an employment basis. Yep. And we also had this question come through from tourists who want to have a nanny um, as part of their holiday. So we'll probably answer this in two, two separate. separate. So yes. my kids were a bit older when I moved over, so I never really had a, a live-in or, or I didn't have nanny, a nanny on staff. Mm -hmm. um, so you're probably better for this one. Well, we have an incredible nanny um, and she's full-time. So, you know, it's a bit how long is a piece of string, I think, this question because it, again, depends on your family needs um, how many children you have, all of that kind of stuff. Because if you've got three children, they might there might be more than one nanny yeah. um, that's required. But I think in terms of hiring a full time nanny as an expat, um, think about what you need as a family. We need our nanny full time because my husband and I are both working full time. Um, she comes in the morning and takes the boys to daycare. Um, goes with the driver so that there's someone in the car with them. Uh, she cooks their food, um, not ours, just theirs. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she helps a little bit with the housework and a few... But she's not really the... the she's, she's not, not doing the, the No, no, no. We, we have a separate um, housekeeper that yeah. does that. Her focus is, is the boys. The boys, If yeah. they're not there, then she can help with other things. Yeah. Um, she then picks them up from school, then spends the afternoon with them till we are available to then, you know, put them to bed and do bath and all of that kind of stuff. If the boys had activities like uh, singing lessons or drumming lessons or something, the nanny can... The nanny can absolutely um, attend those with the boys. You know, again, depending on your family and how and what, you know, you want to be involved in, like yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I want to make sure that I'm 
you're there for. I'm there for. Um, but yes, like, you know, even on the weekend sometimes if we have work or we've got, you know, an engagement or something, um, our nanny will take the boys to park life, you know, yeah. for the afternoon yeah. and take them out. So, you know, I think finding the right fit, interviewing and speaking to lots of different um, people um, and working out exactly what is needed within your family. I also know other families that, you know, they only use the nanny. Between three and between six. Between three and six. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's very flexible. Have a conversation with your nanny as well and, you know, you'll find your groove. We, we tried lots of different things and, until we found our groove. And how it worked and making, I guess one of the tips I've found um, from talking to people is being really clear about what you allow the children to eat yes. or not eat. Yes. Um, how you want them to be disciplined if yes. something has gone wrong or yes. language and words and things That's like that. That's absolutely crucial, I yeah. think. You know, our kids have allergies, so it's really important that, she, one, she understands the allergies yeah. um, because often, you know, Indonesian or Balinese people aren't exposed to a lot of the things that our kids have. Um, so she needs to understand that and the foods that they can eat. Um, and then what was the other thing? Discipline. Discipline. Oh, yeah. discipline. You no, know, I think oh, that would be hard. That's hard. hard because look, I, we've spoken a lot to our nanny about this because we have two boys that are a little bit naughty. <laughs> so I want her to feel that if they're doing the wrong thing, that she has, that she's empowered to do that within a certain, you know, yeah, realm of realm of, Yes, yeah. <laughs> and she's really respectful of that and really good and I've heard her when she doesn't know that we're there. Yeah. Um, and she's she's very, very good with the boys. Um, but it's definitely something that we've really had to talk be to very her about clear and be clear. And, yeah, don't just assume that they're going to know what you yes, want. Yes, yes, yeah. It's got to be conversations. And don't be afraid, I think, to explain and tell them what you do want. Just be you know, be kind and be, you know, um, yeah, just clear. and clear, clear about it. You don't need to be rude. I've heard some people treat their, their nannies horribly yeah. and it makes me so mad. Yeah. You know, you it's want just, them to be part of your family. They're looking yeah. after your children. And just being, I think it's, it's the thing is being clear and not to assume that things that come naturally to you or that you would do naturally with your kids that they're going to just automatically know that, like that has to be absolutely a conversation. Yeah, and if yeah. you're asking someone else to do that, you need to have some flexibility in the way that they they deliver do that. it. Yeah. And what about finding nannies as an expat? So um, we had a lot of success on. There's a lot of Facebook pages. So there's nannies in Bali. There's oh, there's a bunch jobs in Bali. Jobs in Bali. Yeah. And we just put together a really clear and concise ad and put it on those um, sites. And we had some amazing responses. You do get bombarded, so you need to kind of filter through. We then set up a level of interviews. So we, you know, we had a chat with five then we narrowed it down to three then we met two in person yeah. to, you know yeah. so and I think it's also really good if you're looking for a long-term nanny to meet them in person and get them to spend some time with the children and watch the interaction and watch the interaction and how they they do that and how the kids respond yeah yeah so nannies on holidays is is 
different. different. Um, there's lots of agencies around that mm -hmm. um, that take care of groups of um, short-term nannies and yep. the agencies can make you feel a lot safer because there's reviews there from other families um, and you're talking to an office rather than just a one-off nanny but then of course there's I'm sure you have brands that can recommend people that they've used as nannies over here for holidays mm -hmm. something to keep in mind for holidays is the nanny doesn't just have to be if you want to go out on a date night and the nanny's staying um, in your hotel room or your villa looking after the kids but it can be really handy to to bring a nanny on holidays to um, the attractions you're going to mm. for example going to water bomb yep if you and your husband want to go and do one of the scary rides, if you've got the nanny there, um, she can she can watch, watch the, the kids watch while the kids. you go and yeah, just do an that. extra set of eyes, yeah, um, yeah, an extra pair of hands, yeah. You and know. the etiquette with with nannies hiring nannies um, when you're on holidays, it's generally an hourly rate. Mm -hmm. I think most are around for a tourism nanny. It's like seventy to eighty thousand. Per hour? Average, depends how many kids and things yes. like that, of course, but that's about seven or eight Australian dollars an hour. It is um, customary that you would cover their meals during that time if it's over a, a meal time, mm -hmm. um, that you'll cover their, their meals there. Really recommend having WhatsApp so that if yes. you're not near the nanny, you can keep in contact with the nanny and yep. she can send you updates and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and probably having conversations with the nannies about timings and things like that because, you know, it's if, if the nanny lives in Sonora and you're in Uluwatu, it's not really worth her while to go there for two hours or something yes. like that unless yeah, you're definitely. going to pay extra. So yep. there are some considerations around those times mm. as well. And the other thing I think with nannies through agencies and, and more of established businesses as well is that they will have their first aid, yep. um, which I think for a lot of, you know, tourists, yep. that is really important and comfort as yep. well. One, if you're an expat, like we will, we've sent our nanny to, to do, do the course and we yep. paid for it. Um, so they're less likely to have that experience in yep. some ways. But yeah, that's the other Benefit. And then the other thing is swimming, of course, too. Don't assume yes. that your nanny can swim yeah. um, because there's lots that cannot. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a conversation. If you want them to be swimming or you want them to be watching the kids in the pool, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you have a nanny that is comfortable being in the water and that can swim. Swim. Yep, definitely. So that's all I our think, nanny tips. <laughs> I think so. I think, that's most, I think that's most of them. <laughs> okay, so next question what should I do if my child gets sick? So that's obviously one of the, when it comes to is Bali's safe, that's one of the first things that comes to mind that mm -hmm. we hear all the horror stories about the health system. Yep. I can honestly say, hand on my heart since we lived here, the experiences we've had medical-wise in Bali, and we've had quite a few different issues where we've had to see specialists for different things, really have been nothing short of excellent. I haven't, you know, touch wood, had mm. a really horrible medical experience yep. here. I've always been able to access really good professionals yep. um, at good facilities. Yep. But it does take research. So not all hospitals, not all medical centres, not all health professionals are created equally here. Yes. Yep. And I think there are... You know, there's a lot of um, medical centres. There's there's one on almost every, every corner. corner. Um, but, yeah, I th as you said, doing some research around 
the quality of that care. Um, often you'll know as well once yeah. you walk in and, and you've had a chat to the doctor, you'll know um, <laughs> if you're comfortable with that, you know, that situation or, or what they've prescribed or, you know, so definitely worth doing your research. There's big international hospitals here. Yeah. But you can turn up as an emergency patient. Yes. So if it happens, it doesn't matter. I mean, kids always get sick in the middle of the night. Yes, <laughs> yes. You can just jump in, um, like jump jump in a taxi or whatever, and you can go to Siloam and you can go to BIMC and you can yep. go to a lot of those big international hospitals that are around. And if you're a tourist, that's going to be covered on your travel insurance. Make sure you've got travel insurance. Do first not travel and here without travel yes. insurance. Yes, um, that's because also the out-of-pocket costs, just like anywhere, but, you know, if you don't have that travel insurance and you turn up at a hospital in an emergency situation, they will make you pay up front. Yeah, and, and if you don't, they won't treat you. And, and yeah, so just first yeah. and foremost, make sure you've got travel, travel insurance. insurance. But, yeah, there are good medical centres around. There are good doctors who work specifically with tourists who come to you. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes it's a one- or two-hour wait for them to get to you, but it can be... Um, a better scenario that they come to you than that you're going somewhere you're that having you're to feeling travel. a little yep. uncomfortable with. But generally, the healthcare here um, is definitely for us much better than I expected once we yes. once we come over here. But it does um, when you're living here. Do research in like if you've got a problem with a bone or something. Do research about who's had a similar problem and who they've gone to Yes, to yeah, see. specialists and things um, like that and ask the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other thing is not, it's, you know, in an emergency, ambulances aren't always your go-to go um, because of traffic. You know, it can take a long time for them to get to you and then to get to the hospital. So the best thing to do is to just get in a car um or on a bike, yeah, if, if you're able to. Bike, yeah. We've had friends that, you know, their kids have fallen over and bumped their head in the pool and they're bleeding and yeah. they've put them on the bike because it's just going to be so much quicker we to did get it through the traffic. We did it ourselves. Cameron had a allergic reaction to something. and I remember that. Yeah, and we just both jumped on the bike with her and just went straight to our doctor who yeah. was, you know, not far. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, for that pure reason that it's just, just we were there quick. within five minutes, yeah. you know. rather than sitting in a car. Yeah. Obviously there will be some times where you will need to sit in a car, yeah. not on a bike. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think – and, yeah, so just being aware of all those different options, having doing a bit of research, having those key numbers yeah. as well. We have on the fridge a list of the key the doctor, medical numbers – um, you know, just like you probably would in Australia, mm -hmm. but just knowing what they are because yeah. it's it's knowing not what like, they are and knowing that it's a bit different here. It's for not example, triple zero, <laughs> and for or nine one one nine one one. But for example, yeah, an ambulance could take a very long time to get to you, so it is it's not really the first thing that we would do. Yes. Yeah, in an emergency here, if we could avoid it. But the care is great. Yeah. So don't let us. <laughs> yes. So that's the. So moving on from the sickness, the next one goes on to the other common sickness. Oh yes. Is the barley belly. The so barley um, belly. how to avoid getting barley belly? Well, look. <laughs> <laughs> if you live here, you're going to get it. At some you're going to get it. Um, I think just being prepared for it. I think there's things that you can do. Hand washing. Definite hand washing after money. Money. Money and eating, especially kids picking things mm -hmm. up. Like hand washing is your number one defense. Yes. Yep. 
sanitizer, wipes, yeah. hand washing. Not washing your teeth in the water. Not brushing teeth in the water. Like that's sure. a common mistake I see people make. Like, but I didn't drink it. I just washed my teeth in it. But that can be a good way yes. to avoid it. Yeah. Says me who always brushes my teeth in the water, but I wouldn't as a tourist. No. I've lived here a long time now. I feel like you grow up. You well, grow I actually think you do because Jules, my husband, he always brushes his teeth with the water. I yep. still don't. Yeah. But he um, always, when he comes back or when we've gone back and forth, would always start brushing his teeth in water. He'd always get a bout of barley belly and then he'd be fine. Fine for that person. Yeah, but he's prepared for it. He knows it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> definitely for kids, definitely yes. as a tourist, do not brush your teeth Don't brush your in teeth. the water. All the hotels will offer, you know, bottles water. of water. So use those for your teeth brushing. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's always concerned with how do you stop the kids from drinking the water in the bath. Yeah. How do you? I don't know. Um, but, you know, our kids, like as an expat and they were little when they came here, you know, we're always there watching them and we're like, please yeah. don't do that. Please don't eat the face washer. Please don't pour that bottle in your mouth. But they, I think they have in some ways built up a bit of an immunity. Um, but I think just being aware yeah. and trying to stop them. And if from you're here doing on it. holiday, just like I remember when we were holidays and our kids were little, we'd just go close your eyes, close your mouth, and do a quick yeah, and out. It's not like in Australia where it was in a form of entertainment and we'd put them yeah. in the bath and sit there for half an hour. Yes, I also know of other people that use um, gallon water. Gallon water. Yeah. Um, if they're really concerned. Yeah. Um, obviously that's going to be an expensive way to bath your kids, yeah. but, um, you know, another option if you're really concerned or, or, you know, yeah. anything yeah. like that. You can, you can do that. The most important thing, if the kids do get it though, I mean, even adults, but especially kids is the dehydration yes. factor. Yeah. So you just don't want them to become dehydrated, dehydrated. during that, that, yeah. um, process. And my biggest tip for anyone is, Buy yourself a little bottle of Norit once you get here. Mm -hmm. It's available at the supermarkets and at the, the pharmacies. Yep. It's about a dollar. Yep. Um, and they're little charcoal tablets. And the minute we get a funny tummy, we usually take about five of them. And then every time you yep. have to go to the bathroom or it comes out your mouth, you take <laughs> another two and it kind of soaks up any it of the kills. Yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah. So they're, they're amazing, those Norit tablets. Yeah, I, we don't travel anywhere without them. Yeah. The other thing with little kids is, because um, you're probably not going to give them the charcoal tablets, yeah. but with little kids we always have um, hydrolyte icy poles. Yeah. So we've got boxes and boxes of them here. <laughs> but also when we travel we take them so we can just put them in the freezer so if the kids do get sick they're never going to drink the hydrolyte tablets. No. They never do. So, But they think they're having an icy pole so they'll yeah. you know, have, have one of those. That. So bring hydrolyte icy poles. And then the next sickness thing to talk about, mm. which is the other, probably the more um, serious thing yes. here because I've had this twice myself, is dengue mm. um, and how to avoid getting dengue here because it's here. Yeah. Um, and it's here more during wet season because there's more mosquitoes rain. around yep. um, because of, there's more rain. But it's definitely here and it's definitely something you have to be aware of. Yeah, for um, sure. When you come here, we've mm. well, we've lived here like a bit more than six years now, and um, my husband's had it. You guys have had a bit of a bad run with it here. You? He also had it once when he was in East Timor, but twice here. 
Cammy's had it twice. I've had it twice. Um, mm. So it is here. From yep. what I believe, you can only get it four times. Okay. That's <laughs> because there's four different strands. Right. And if you survive so all four of them, you're immune. This is what we are told by right. the doctors, but we'll see. But it's definitely not something you want. It's really awful, actually, um, yep. and it takes a long time to get to, old, to over. So the best advice with dengue is try and avoid it at all cost. Yes, yes. Um, and But, you know, ways to do that, mosquito repellent, that I think the misconception is that, and we talked about this earlier, is that the mosquitoes are, you know, at night, they're actually daytime mosquitoes. The dengue, the the dengue, dengue mosquitoes. mosquitoes are daytime mosquitoes. So don't think you just need to pull it out come sunset and yes, put your yeah. repellent on. And they also look a bit different. Yeah, know? they do have stripes. They do have stripes. It doesn't mean that every mosquito you see with stripes on them is yes. carrying dengue. Yeah. But the ones that carry them have a white stripe yes. on them and they're generally active during the daytime day. so yeah. definitely repellent stay away from if you can you know and it's hard because you can't always find these but yeah. like stagnant pools of water they that's yeah. kind of where they feed off um, so if you're going into the rice fields and things like that to look you need to make sure you have your repellent on there yep. long sleeves and long shirts can help so especially with kids at night time you can put I was daytime it can be a bit hot so panicked about this when we bought the boys back um and I just you know for the first three months um and our villa had a lot of mosquitoes that first villa we lived in um and I used to just have them in bonds onesies long sleeves and they had little sleeping bags um so that you know it would really limit the mozzie bites and and things like that and yeah yeah but definitely try and avoid it um, and it's just not nice to have. Kids generally get it less severe than, than adults mm. but it's something not to be ignored. If you do think you have dengue, you need to go and see the doctors and they will, um, they will take blood and they'll test it and sometimes the dengue doesn't always show up because it only shows up if the dengue is attacking your body at that time of the blood being taken out Um, but it's really important about your blood count level and making sure especially if you have to fly home like we got when we before we lived here and um, my husband got it here one time we didn't get clearance to fly for a certain amount of time until his um, platelets got yeah right got up so the good thing is here though is that generally they're very well equipped experienced with um, it at dealing with Mm. it oh and just another tip for little ones with the mozzies um, chemist warehouse and lots of chemists sell the little mozzie patches yeah. that you can stick on their clothes. So I often will just stick one on the back of the boys' T-shirts and they're natural, so they're safe for kids, um, or the wristbands. Yeah, so if wear. you don't want to put mis- like repellent on the yeah. kid's skin, these are a really good option as well and they're wearing them all day. Yeah, and there's also really good local repellents that are yes. really cheap, yeah. like the salt. Starts with an S, Solil or something like that. Yeah, there's that one and there's the one from Bali, Bali Buddha or yeah. the Bagon. Bug, bug bug yeah, there's quite a good there's... few local ones around that it's not like sunscreen where uh, yes. it's super expensive here and you're better off bringing it from home. There are lots of good local repellents here. Yes. So carry quite a few with you in every bag that yep. you have. Definitely. Avoid the dengue. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I want to stay in a villa, but there is no pool fence. What are your tips on that, Em? Well, well, that's easy. Um, 
just get a pool fence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can hire them. <laughs> you can hire pool fences here. It's really easy. You can do it through the villa. So if, you know, you contact your villa before arriving and just say, you know, we have some little kids, we want to have a pool fence for safety, they should be able to organise it for you. And if you can't, there's lots of um, baby equipment hire places where it's not just pool fences, you can get... Yes. Car seats, you can get high toys, chairs, high strollers. chairs. You yep. can even get baby monitors. You can yeah. microwaves. Yep, like, bottle warmers. Yeah, all the things. So there's um, some really good businesses here that have, you know, seen a big gap in the market. You can't always travel with all the things, especially if you've got little babies. So there are lots of great options yep. um, to hire all of that stuff. But in terms of pool fences, I think yes. Go through your villa first and foremost. Yep. They will also know the size of the pool and yeah, all of that and kind of stuff. they probably have companies they already work yes. with if they don't have one of their own to put up. Yes, yeah. So I think that's, that's... The big tip with villas though, more so than even the pool and the pool fences, is to remember that a lot of the tourist villas when you're coming for a holiday open onto a, a, an open air kind of um, living area, mm. which means mm. when you go to bed at night, you need to lock your bedroom door mm, yes. rather than how in a, like say an Aussie house where we all go to sleep and we lock the front door and we lock the back door and we leave our bedroom doors unlocked. So yep. there, there are a few really good what we call enclosed villas where you can do that but not all are like that. So that's a big tip if you are bringing young children yes. and you want them to be in their own bedroom like I'm sure – like, or their little kid, you know, like my boy's yeah. age, where they get up themselves and go out. You don't want them like wandering around, wandering around in the middle of the night, and yeah. you're in a separate room and they're in a separate room. So consider the like layout of yeah. the villa. And the other thing, when you when you mentioned um, open floor plans and, and things like that with the pool, they they're all tiled. Yeah. And so for little kids, when they're getting in and out of the pool and then they're running in and out of that open plan living, just be really careful of yeah. the, the floor because it's Bali slippery. Bali is the slippiest place It's in the slippery. World. Gosh, <laughs> Water it's and stone slippery. everywhere. So and just... really shiny tiles <laughs> yes, everywhere. Yes, so, very yeah. impractical. <laughs> yeah, so be very careful of Even the slipping, as an adult, actually. like yeah. you're just like Done it all the time. Of, plenty of time. Yes. <laughs> Bali Insiders podcast is proudly sponsored by Lighthouse Studios right here in Bali. This space has been specifically designed for entrepreneurs, podcasters, coaches and educators of all kinds. You can record podcasts just like ours, as well as masterclasses, social media content and so much more. They have awesome customizable studios to choose from. And most importantly, they take care of absolutely everything the cameras, the microphones, the lights, even if you wish, the editing. They make it so, so easy. And as well as the studios, they have a co-working cafe and some of the best food and coffee on the island of Bali. We highly recommend that you come in for a tour and have a chat about how you can create your own epic video and audio content. You can visit them on Instagram at Lighthouse Studios Bali or jump on their website, We Are Light. House. Now, cool. we had a lot of questions about childcare, childcare centres for people who live here and yep. playgroups and things like that. That's your forte, Em. You have the little, you have yes, the little ones. Yes, yes. Look, there's so many options. Yep. Um, there are, you know, 
Australian-run um, childcare centres. There are, you know, Indonesian-run, there's local-run, um, there's more like homeschooling-type scenarios. So depending on your family's philosophy and what you um, want for your, your kids. Location. Location. Um, there's a lot of different options. Um we send the boys to a really beautiful daycare that goes up to, I think, about grade, my, I actually don't know, um, maybe prep or grade one. Yeah. Um, but. And takes from how young? Well, like, two. Oh, so from two years old. Yeah, yeah. They can go even a little bit younger. So they're, they're you know, obviously all separated. Yeah. It's a beautiful Balinese um experience you know like it's got the barlays and the big lawns and so they you know you I walked in and I went this could not be any more cliche in terms of (laughs) what we've just we've dreamed of them going to this beautiful space but they use um international curriculum so they're learning um you know they're learning numbers they're learning reading they're learning music they're painting drawing doing all of this stuff based on certain curriculums so um, so similar to an Australian Very, very care. similar. Um, their teachers are all Indonesian or Balinese. Yeah. Um, so you just have to think the about... The language is English? Or? Everything's English. There's kids from everywhere, which yep. I love, um, and they celebrate everything. Um, so the kids celebrate, you know, all the Indonesian, all the Balinese holidays, Um you know, Thanksgiving, they yeah. have, you know, Christmas, Easter. Yeah, Gullen. so they do all of the Everything. Chinese New Year. Chinese and- New Year. It, it's so inclusive. Each week I'm sending them to school in, you know. A different costume. A different costume <laughs> with a plate of international food. Um, so it's really beautiful. I think um, that's the one of the really lovely things about here. What about the cost? Cost. So, um, you know, some of some are the same prices as Australia, others, you know, can be $10, $20, $30 a day per child. Um, so I think, again, it depends what you want. Um, the more expensive ones are obviously run um, a lot more like an Australian childcare. Yeah. Um, so you're getting that kind of... So if you want the experience from home, you're paying the price from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so, but I think if you're here... Yeah, you know, you, you're wanting to give your kids a different experience in a lot of ways. So, yeah. so um, there's some really good options. And what about just if people want playgroups to meet friends and for their kids, you know, you're a young mum here and did you find good experiences with playgroups? Uh, well, I was really lucky because we had, we had friends here and, and things like that. So we had a really great network anyway. But um, I know that there's a lot of Facebook groups, like yep. there's the mums in Bali, there's Bali kids, Bali kids, yep. um, and you often see mums putting up, you know, posts like we've just moved here, yep. we're in this area, we're looking for other families with kids this age, and everybody's really inclusive and supportive here. So, yep. you know, you can do that and create some really nice networks and groups of make your own little play group. And then I think yep. there's some scheduled play groups at like the indoor play centers and things like that have like yep. you know Thursday morning play group day or things like yes. that. Yes, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you can kind of find your little tribe and, you know, see what works. What works for you. For you, yeah. All right. How are we going? Oh, okay. Oh, 
the big one. <laughs> are schools in Bali expensive? Which ones are the best? Well, I'm going to hand this one over to you, teacher, <laughs> Guru Kali. <laughs> so actually, that's one of your biggest considerations if you're moving over here with kids is schooling because um, international schooling in Bali is really expensive if you want to send them to an international school. Yeah. And I'm talking... The cheapest international school is around ten to thirteen thousand Australian dollars, which is like a hundred to one hundred and thirty million mm. rupiah per child per year, right up to thirty thousand dollars per child per year. And people are often flabbergasted mm -hmm. when they find out these prices. So yep. it is it is really expensive. There are great schools, really great international schools, um, but you pay. You do pay a premium. Paying the same price as a, as a you know, high-end high private school in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're your only choices. Mm -hmm. um, so for the last six years, my kids have done online school back to Australia. Yep. So I used to be a teacher and when I came over, the school I wanted to send the children to had a big waiting list. So we went into um, doing online school and we found that it really worked for us um, and actually then when COVID hit and everybody went online for two years nothing changed for us it yes was, it was they were already the adjusted and yeah and that's not for everyone I have a yep. flexible work arrangement so it worked for us I'm used to the school curriculum yes bonuses to that because it's the Australian system um, my eldest who's about to finish grade 12 this year she can go back to Australia, to university and be considered an Australian student. Right, okay. Where, whereas, which means you can have hex and things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas my youngest, Cameron, has decided um, this year to join one of the international schools. So mm -hmm. she'll be joining Dietmika later this year. Um, and if she stays there, she'll be joining in grade nine. And if she stays all the way to grade 12 and she wants to go back to Australia to do university, she actually will be treated as an international, international student, which means you pay your university fees up front. Mm -hmm. So what you see happen with a lot of expat kids here is their parents send them back to Australia to go to boarding school come grade 11 and 12. Yep. So that they, because boarding school is about the same price as your international school here, here. Yeah. Um, and then they can have that option of being you know a local Australian it, it is something to consider and it comes up a lot more quickly than you expect it because you move here and the kids are your age absolutely then, we're or, already being asked you know where are the kids going to school and I'm finding myself having to do all that research and you know it is very different to what we're used to in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's different. So other options. So your courses online. Um, there's quite a quite a good lot of more affordable places for the younger years, like mm. maybe up to about grade three. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of those around. There's um, quite a few, especially during COVID, like home really good homeschools that popped that up, popped up. Yep. which kind of come in at maybe like somewhere between five to eight thousand dollars. A year depending mm -hmm. where you're going. Um, Indonesia uh, have also what's called National Plus schools which is their I guess their version of private schools and I believe if you have a kitas you can send your children there but you have to be prepared that there's a lot of um, a lot of the conversing will be in Indonesian so while they're very good schools you have to be comfortable that that's yeah. how you're 
confident that your, your child will be learn, able to, yeah. Especially if you don't know Indonesian. Yes, yeah. Because um, it can be very hard for you to help them then. So school, yes, it can be super expensive here. Are there options? Yeah, there's plenty. Are there people doing all types of alternative schooling? Yes, plenty. Yes. Um, there's a whole homeschool community. There's a whole unschool community. Yeah. There's... <laughs> Like everything, there's like everything. Everything you can imagine is here. Yeah. But if you were coming over here with the view that you want a traditional schooling setting for your kids, then you've got to be prepared to pay for it. To pay. Yeah. Yeah. I think like our philosophy has always been with the boys, and now that we're having to think about it. We, you know, with COVID, you don't know what's what's ahead. We yeah. don't know where we may end up in five years or, you know, if they're halfway through their schooling, we may have to go back to Australia or we might go to Singapore. I want them to be able to adapt to yeah. that and it's not a huge change, change for them yeah. um, in terms of their schooling. So that's, you know, so I think it's important to have those really thought out conversations. Yeah, and, and what and, it means to you and, yeah. and things like that. So for me, I was super comfortable with the kids yeah. schooling online. I know yeah. exactly what happens in Australian schools. I spent yep. 15 years in them, yeah. you know, and I was very confident they could get the same level of education if not higher mm-hmm. by doing in these smaller live groups online but of course then that means as a parent we had to put more effort into the social side yes yeah I always um, think about that with you guys like yeah. your kids were always doing and still are so many activities yeah um because so- of course that's where they had to make their friends and I guess in that way where you're lucky in Bali is there's so many people um, not just going to regular school mm. that it, it probably makes it an easier, easier. way yeah. But, yeah, it's got to be what you're comfortable with, um, but it's definitely a cost consideration if you're considering moving over here. For sure. Yeah. That one's for the expats. Yeah, that one's for the expats. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, holiday makers. <laughs> oh, the next one's for the expats too. Uh, we had a question about oh. what do most expat kids do after, after high th- school? Look, I was explaining to Em because sometimes you don't realise these things until you get to that part that stage. of your life. Yeah. So even for us, we've only realised this in the last couple of years. So my daughter, who's in grade 12, we live here under our company Kitasas, which is like our resident visas. Once she turns 18, which will be in September, she is not entitled to be on our family Kitas anymore. So Indonesia then sees this. that as... Like she's an independent. She's yeah. So that's a that's a consideration in itself. It's like we really don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> we'll figure that out with our visa agent soon. But yeah, we were like, oh wow. So she can't stay yeah. on our kitas. And I was like, oh, you know, is there a way around this? Can I employ her? And they were like, no, because you can't employ someone in your company who's a foreigner until they're 21. Right. So, so that, yeah. To answer that question, lots of expat kids do leave, especially if they're going to go to university. I don't know any expat kids who have stayed to do university here. Mm. Not that I think the universities are bad here, but I just don't know any. There are plenty of universities here, but I don't know any expat kids that have stayed. They generally tend to go if they're taking the university route. Um, Employment can be super difficult here because, like I said, they can't get employed because even if there is there's somebody who wants to employ an 18-year-old, 
They can't. Mm. Um, foreigner. So mm. most expat kids leave. An idea that we've discussed with my youngest, um, because she's quite the savvy little she entrepreneur, is. is we've discussed the idea of if she doesn't want to do university, if she would like to stay on and do internships in Bali um, and more so get that hands-on learning and then that way we can get her a visa for doing an internship. Yep. But, of course, she's not making income then, so... I've just said, well, it's going to cost me a fortune to send your sister to uni. I'll give you a salary if you go and do internships. Just thinking out of the box. Well, that is my idea for her. I think, like, it would be great. She could go and, you know, be your intern for Amazing. six months and learn all about the wedding Come industry. Come on over, Cammy. She can go to my friend's silk company and go and learn about yeah. that for six months. So that's my idea there anyway. Um, I'll pop in the show notes. I've written a whole article on doing internships legally in Bali. It doesn't mean making a salary. Yes. It's an ex it's a work experience per se. But anyway, that's something we've discussed for her if she chooses to stay yep. in Bali. But to answer that question, majority leave. Yep. Yep. To find employment or to go to university. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Big one to think about, I think. Yeah. Okay. Where to eat and get healthy organic snacks? Well, kids. Yeah. for kids, for kids. Yeah. So back to tourists generally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, this one, that we're spoilt for choice yeah. here with incredible restaurants, cafes that serve so many different. And everything from organic to dairy-free yeah, to gluten flexitarian free. to vegan, you can really just get it all. Yeah. I think if you've got kids with um, particular dietary um, requirements and you're coming on holiday I think the more you can bring is probably better if they're you know especially if they're little and they're used to certain snacks and things like that it's worth bringing you know those with you and it's no problem to bring them in no. I mean you can declare them and everything yeah but you can bring formula yeah as well if you've got um little kids like babies that are still on formula with a special type like we had that with our boys um so or bringing all of that stuff is fine if you're coming on holidays. Yep. Um, I think maybe for ease and for peace of mind rather than having to well, go and try and find it while you're here. Especially if the kids are fussy and there's a certain thing that they like. But we do have excellent supermarkets here, which yes. maybe some of the tourists don't see them because I guess if you're not seeking them out. But we have excellent supermarkets here like Grand Lucky and Frestive and yep. Popular, um, Popular and Bintang and, yep. you know, there's, there's lots of really good and they stock a lot of international brand import mm -hmm. stuff but check the price yes check the uh, price <laughs> because you know i remember when grand lucky first opened in sonora and we're like oh yeah and with salt and vinegar chips and we put them in the basket and there was like 15 dollars like take it back then back <laughs> <laughs> do you know i've got a funny story not so much about food but jules went to the supermarket once and was sick of the like garbage bags here so we bought and just i think naturally from going to the supermarket in australia recognized the glad brand oh no and picked up some glad garbage bags $25 <laughs> I was like why was the shopping so expensive and he was like looked at the receipt and he <laughs> the glad bags. if you're buying anything that is you know an import you need to check, check the price check the price but there's still there's some really great um like health food stores and stuff here as yep. well that we shop at a lot you know we get gluten-free bread yeah, we get you know gluten free snacks, rice cakes, peanut butter, you know all that kind of Basic stuff. Basic stuff. 
Um, there's butchers now, you yeah. know, for meats and there's things like mini that. munchers, which is like the yes. um, so especially if you're a tourist and you have really little kids and you want organic fresh baby food and yep. you can order it and they'll deliver it to your hotel or villa. I mean, yep. if you live here, you can get it as well. But I know a couple of my friends who have been here recently with little ones um, have used them to get meals yep. delivered so that they don't need to think about that and that's prepared. Yeah, if your so. kids are at that stage. So, yeah, but it's not it's not hard to find healthy. And, of course, there's fruit markets everywhere and there's fruit yep. everywhere yep. around here. So fresh fruit everywhere. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. not too bad. So on to the activities. So we had quite a few questions about best activities for kids and especially for little kids. Yes. So you're on the little kids. I'm on the little question. kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the toddler questions. Um, oh, where to even begin? There is so many things for little kids to do here. We're spoilt for choice every weekend. We have family day every Sunday. So we're always looking for like a new thing to do with the boys. Um Splash Water Park um, in Changu or Brawa um, is great with the little ones because it's probably better than Water Bomb. Sorry, Water Bomb. <laughs> for little kids. For little yeah. kids because um, it's they've got the smaller pools, they've got the smaller slides, they're really set up. For, and it's not as big of a It's an not area. a huge park. Yeah. Um, so it's it's actually really set up for you know, we see, we go with friends with babies, yeah. you know, and things like that. So that's a really great water park. Um, there's Bali Zoo. There's Bali Safari. Oh, my gosh, my kids would go to Bali Safari every single week if they could. And it's incredible. Yeah. Like I even love going. Like the the parks and, the, and what they've created there is unbelievable. Amazing, so I highly yeah. recommend Bali Safari with the kids. Um, you know, obviously beaches, we've got yeah, so um, many beaches. amazing beaches. Probably not the Uluwatu ones where you need to walk down so many steps. Not so. Ulu. And even, you know, with little ones, if we're talking about toddlers, um, Changu Beach and Seminyak Beach, not so much. We tend to now find ourselves going to Legian Beach yeah. for the day because it's flat um, yeah, the waves are a lot smaller. It's the ki It's much safer for the little kids to play. Sanur. Sanur's got no waves. No waves. Nusadua. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my mum friends with little kids will will actually travel to go to these different beaches, you know, where the sands are white and, yeah. you know, there's less rubbish and all of that kind of stuff. So beaches, if you just want a cheap, easy one. Um, heaps of indoor play centres. Yeah, there's more than what people could imagine around. We just had a huge one open in Sonora. Yeah, that one is amazing. Yeah. The boys love it. Yeah. But there's some in Dalung. There's heaps in Changu, um, Dempasar. The malls. Know. The malls generally all have a, a kids' playground. Play, like, you know, the ball pits and the slides and everything yep. like that. Yep, Tamora in Changu. Um, there's Park Life in Babakan. Yeah, that's really cool. Milk and Madu, obviously. Yeah, so there's lots of restaurants with playgrounds and things like that in yep. it as well. So you can it. enjoy and the kids can play. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the... Big kids, yeah. So big kids, obviously... Like you cannot run out of things no, to do. No. Water bomb is awesome and a must once your kids get a big a bit older. Uh, the wake park, you can do wakeboarding. They've got one of those inflatable um, worlds there on the water where you oh, yeah. go and play. Quad biking, tubing down the rivers. Uh, Ubud's got a gorgeous little fairy village. If, if you've got little kids into fairies to go and paint and make 
dolls and things. There's ceramic workshops. There's yep. quite a few of them around now. Uh, the Trans Studio Mall Indoor Theme Park. Yes. We went back there again. Oh Is that where gosh. you went recently and did the flying thing? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, we did the iFly, like yes. the indoor flying. But they have – it's a literal indoor theme park with a roller coaster on the roof. Yeah, um, that roller coaster. There's like a rapid ride. There's so many cool rides there. It's a, that's definitely worthwhile doing, yep. especially if you're stuck here at a rainy time. And there's the movies. There's a cinema there's, as well. There's cinemas everywhere. Surfing lessons, of course. Um, yeah, there's like honestly, we'll I'll pop a link with all of our favorite activities to yep. take. There's so many, so like, so so many. There's so many. You you can't get bored here. No, no. So yeah. Cooking classes. Cooking classes. I'm like, there's dance classes. Pipe like, it's going classes. off in my head. I'm like, like <laughs> so, many, so many things you can so do. So many things. So yeah. many things. Okay. Oh, next one. Birthing mm. in Bali. So we got a question about um, having babies in Bali and our experiences or, or thoughts on it. So yep. it's not something either of you, you or I did, Em. We yep. both had baby, our babies in Australia. Australia. Yep. Um, but I do know lots of expats. Obviously, I know hundreds of locals who have had babies here. Yes. But I know quite a few expats as well who have had yep. babies here. They've all had really good experiences from what I've heard yep. from them. It's not something I can speak on because I haven't done it. Yeah. Um, but it's completely possible. Yeah. And I think, again, it comes down to your personal choice, doing the research, making sure you're comfortable with you know, the hospitals and the, and the care and, yeah. diff, and you know, everyone has different reasons for why they do things, um, you know, making sure, like for us, we were, I was a high-risk pregnancy being yeah, older being with twins. twins and so I just felt more comfortable being in an environment that I yeah. knew. Um, but we had an amazing obstetrician here. That yeah, I, so you did, all your lead, here. you did all your lead up, didn't yes. you? Yes, yeah. So we did all our appointments, we did all our scans, we did everything, all our checkups here um, and then just went back for the birth. Yeah. Um, One thing to do is check your insurance. Like if yes. you're living here, you'll be on some kind of insurance. Check what you're covered for so you just don't have any nasty surprises. Yeah. Um, but lots of end. people do it. Yeah. You know, I think it's changed a lot as well um, and, yeah, I've, heard really positive things so yeah. so that's birthing in bali yeah <laughs> next one um do people you do people use car seats in bali well people are always horrified when i answer this question yes, i know no, mostly people don't i was um, even horrified at myself yeah. <laughs> i was like what so no mostly people don't no. some people do and people who have a full-time car or a full-time driver yeah. or drive themselves will generally always have a car seat in their car but as like our family doesn't have a car you don't mm. have a car do you no well no. well we have we semi have a car we have yeah. a driver with a car yeah so, so we have yeah. a driver that we use sometimes yeah. but we don't have a full-time driver or we don't have a yeah. we don't drive a car yes ourselves. if we do we just rent one for the weekend mm. um, and if you're here as a tourist obviously you don't have a car mm. so no generally people don't I think it depends obviously on the age of your your children yeah if you're living here so you know I've got friends that that do drive and they've got kids aged from you know seven three and then babies so if they're driving they and they've got three kids in the car they need to have car seats yeah especially for the baby yeah um for us we don't because I thought we would when we came over and we actually bought some um but 
they didn't fit in the car and long story, whatever. And it just became easier that the boys, there's always an adult in the back. They know they have to sit down, put their seatbelts on and do all of that stuff. Um, But we don't use a car seat for them. Um, As we said earlier, no one's driving very fast. Yeah, it's generally a pretty slow paced here. Yeah. Um, If... If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can hire car seats here or you could bring your own over. Yep. But our, the, the advice there would be you have to full, hire a full-time driver because mm. you're never going to have that car seat and put it in and out of a grab, grab. or in and out of a taxi. It's just it's not going to happen. Mm. So if you really want your kids in a car seat, you need to bring it or hire it. Probably don't expect to find anchor points in cars. No. I don't think they exist here. <laughs> Do they? Don't know. I don't think so. You know how Australia yeah, yeah. have No, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think points exist here. Um, and you can hire a full-time driver and have it have it in there that way. Yeah. But the majority of tourists will have the children on their laps on, if on they're their quite laps. small or beside them. Yeah, yeah. And there's plenty, as we mentioned earlier, there's plenty of places that you, you can, can hire, hire all of this stuff from. So maybe, you know, for your little trips, you don't mind. But if you're going on a big day trip with a driver, maybe you want to hire one then. Sometimes the drivers can organize that for you or you can organize it through a rental company so maybe you can do a bit of both as well and if you're living here there's again lots of baby seats car seats things being sold on the facebook pages yeah as well if you want to buy well-known brands secondhand i think that's a really good way to do it because they can be quite expensive here if you want to buy it new Yes, that's right. Or you need to bring it back from a yep, trip away. Or bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Do yep. one <laughs> Okay, easy one, next one. Should I bring swim nappies? Yes. <laughs> bring the swim nappies. There's no swim nappies here. Yeah. Um, so stock up. Every time we go back to Australia, we stock up on swim nappies. Um, just, yes, bring swim nappies. That's I an think easy, that's an easy one. That's... And, and I think actually also normal nappies um, the nappies here aren't great. Yeah. Um, we've adapted now because obviously you can never bring enough to live here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did bring a lot. Um, but, yeah, um, if, you know, you're here for a holiday, definitely bring your nappies, bring your, nappies, bring your wipes, <laughs> bring what you're used to. If you're an expat, you know, it is fine to, to trial some of the different, the different nappies. But, um, yeah, they're not as good as Australia. <laughs> There you go. Gap, gap in the market for somebody who wants to come over here. Totally. And totally. <laughs> and so our last question that we had through on our Insta was, easy one, is best family beach resorts? We get asked this all the time. I get asked this, I reckon, five times a day. <laughs> where can we all stay that's fun Even for kids? experts ask this though, like, where yes. can we go for a weekend? What's a good resort? Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you're probably... Yes, yeah, so very well equipped to the answer. The first thing is the areas. Like mm-hmm. the first thing you need to choose is what area you want to be in for all those reasons we listed before. So yeah. figure out your area and pretty much every area of Bali has amazing kid beach resorts. So yeah. if we're talking beaches, you know, along Nusa Dua, gosh, there's so many. There's like Melia and Grand Hyatt and the Pinsky, the Westin, Ritz-Carlton, the Hilton, you yeah. know, they all have different things to offer from water slides to amazing kids clubs to amazing um, different activities that Nanny the kids services, can do. Yeah, all of that. That's right. If you're um, going beach along in Sanua, um, 
the Hyatt and the Andaz both have really good beachfront um, properties with really cool kids clubs in each of them. Uh, if you're coming along um, Kuta, there's like Bali Dynasty Resort was the first ever yep. family resort here and is mm -hmm. still super popular mm -hmm. along there. Um, along Legian, um, Padma. the Padma and the Mandira, Mandira. are hugely popular yep. family resorts mm -hmm. along there. Um, in Samanyak, while not right on the beach but still quite good, is Courtyard Marriott. They've got a really cool kids' swimming area and they've got a really cool... Um, play center okay there i didn't know that one so yeah there's there's lots once again we do have a list so i'll put a yes. link there you can look at yep. them all there but um but yeah it's hard to go wrong the resorts are very good at catering to kids meals um mm -hmm. you know it's it's, I, I saw a funny TikTok the other day that said, you know, going out for dinner in Australia and like the mum's up and cuddling the kid the whole time and then going out for dinner in, in Bali and like the staff are off with the kids. Yes, I everywhere. saw that. Yeah, yes. Yeah yeah. 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 So the Balinese tend to just adore kids mm -hmm. um, and they become great babysitters and entertainers yes. when you're going out to, Definitely. To, lunch, to lunch or dinner. So I think... That uh, wraps up our um, questions from Insta. So thank you. That was a fun one. That was fun. And thank you for sending all those questions through. I think um, the response was amazing. Yeah. So we'll give you a little insight into what our next Insider Tips episode, mm. which will be in about four episodes time, is it's going to be on dentistry in Bali. So if you've got questions about... Um, Dental work. dental work in Bali, what to expect, cosmetic work. braces. Em and I both have personal experiences um, at the dentist here and we're going to answer all of your questions um, about that and tell you a few of our stories of things that we've had um, done here. Yes, so that's going to be a good that's, one. That's our next good one. one there. So you can start compiling your questions and sending them through and we'll save them all. Yes, maybe we do another time. shout out like we, we did will do another on the shout Insta because yeah. that, that was really good, yes, I think. we will do that. It was a good yes. format. Um, so now if you haven't already, please, right now, if you're listening on Spotify or on Apple or wherever you listen, jump on our YouTube and subscribe to us, please. The team at Lighthouse here have been doing an amazing job at our videos. Um, so we want you to have that option available. You can actually, if you listen on Spotify now, we actually upload as videos. Video. So you can watch it on Spotify as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, for vanity reasons, we want some more subscribers on <laughs> Please. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your task besides thinking of dentist questions. Um, is please Now everyone just, has homework. <laughs> yeah, if you have homework, please subscribe to our YouTube. <laughs> so I think that's it, it for this episode, Em. Yep. All right. Fabulous. Well, that was a good one. Enjoyed that. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> Thanks, Until Em. next time. Until next time, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.